The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Then do you want us to go out and gather them? But he replied, No. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will be, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun and the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I was at a friend's house a few weeks ago and admiring her garden. And I was always looking down, I saw all these, these little sprouted plants that I was sure are ragweed. And I'm allergic to ragweed and I'm constantly plucking it up out of the flower beds in my yard. So I was certain and I started to pull one up and she says, no, stop. She says, don't pull it up. She says, I said, but it's, it's ragweed. I just know it is. It's, it's a weed. And she said, well, probably so. But I have this policy. I always just leave them be until I see what they're going to do. And then after I see what they're going to do, that's when I decide what to pull. So just leave them alone. Let them grow. So I would go to her house and I would continue to see these weeds get taller and taller and taller. And I just shook my head. But then I went back a week ago and sure enough, her weeds had the most gorgeous orange blossoms all over them. I think they were cosmos. But anyway, fabulous, gorgeous uh, wildflowers. In my yard, however, they did not bear flowers. Mine still are ragweed. So there you go. But it's hard to tell them apart. Sometimes you have to let things grow together, Jesus said, and then make the determination later. Now sometime back in late September, the Kansas farmers are going to sow their fields with wheat. And they will have purchased the best quality seed that they can buy, either white or the turkey red. 
and they will carefully have prepared the field for the sowing. And in October, those seedlings will sprout and then they'll stay dormant. And in the spring, they'll begin to grow and grow until the fields just undulate like waves in a verdant ocean of the most intense and vivid green. Now in an ideal world, every strand of that grass would be wheat, but it's not a perfect world. And somehow another plant has emerged in those fields that were so carefully prepared and mixed in with the wheat, you're gonna find some downy brome called cheat. Cheat looks just like wheat except it gets to be maybe one or two inches taller than the wheat. But even with a practiced eye, it's almost impossible to tell the two of them apart. They look the same, they grow the same, they develop very similar seed heads, they ripen at the same time, but the grain isn't the same at all. Now, it's, harder to it's hard to think of anything meaner than a neighbor going into somebody's fields in the middle of the night and sowing cheat seed there. But that's what Jesus says is happening to God. Jesus says God had a field and the field was all of creation and it was fertile with rich loamy soil. And into that soil, God planted the good seed expecting a bountiful harvest of goodness. Eden was perfect like that. Everything was good and all the elements worked together for the purposes of God. But then, Jesus says, after the good seed was planted, an enemy snuck in and sowed weeds into that field. The enemy sowed trouble. The enemy sowed a spirit of rebellion into creation, which is why we live in a world where the good and the bad are mixed up together and they're sometimes really hard to tell apart, even indistinguishable, certainly inseparable. We can open the morning news brief any given day and there will be stories of kindness and bravery and maybe even hope. I just read that llama cells might offer the new cure for COVID. But there are also gonna be stories right there in the same news brief about murder and vandalism and civil unrest, which causes the servants of God to offer to go in and pluck up the weeds to say, you know, all this bad stuff and the bad people out there, well, let's just get rid of them. We'll round them up for you, Lord, and we'll weed them out. No, says Jesus, because you'll wind up destroying some of the good along with the bad. Trying to pull out the weeds will just lead to more trouble. And I suppose that's true since we can't even agree on which ones are the weeds and which are the flowers. So what are we gonna do with the folks who don't share our religion or the homeless woman in the bus station or the 12 year old gangbanger or our pesky neighbors? You know, where we see weeds, maybe God sees flowers or at least potential for flowers. And then there's the, the problem of distinguishing the guilty from the innocent, because if you're not aware, eyewitnesses even are completely unreliable. Half of the time, eyewitnesses point out somebody that didn't even do the crime, and it's only because of DNA and the reopening of cases that some innocent people have been sprung from death row. The church tried to purify the world once, 
The faithful decided if the followers of Jesus were the good seed, then the solution to the problem of evil was to force everybody to, to follow Jesus or to kill them if they refused to follow Jesus. It was called the Inquisition. It didn't work because when the church becomes a place of judgment, well, then it's no longer a place of love. Therefore, Jesus says, let the wheat and the weeds grow together. Try to destroy one and you'll wind up destroying the other. I said, okay. Okay, but Lord, we might argue. Um, oh God, since you know the thoughts of our hearts, why don't you just search out the world and pull up all the weeds? Since you can make perfect judgments about us and what's in our hearts, why don't you just do the cleansing? If only it were so simple. But to say that one heart is pure and another heart is evil means that we aren't paying attention to the parable. Jesus says that the field, so, the field that was sown was all of creation and it was sown with good which includes the hearts and the minds of human beings. So all of creation, including all human beings, were sown with a spirit of goodness and mutuality and cooperation and a spirit of love and joy and life and celebration. But Satan, God's enemy, snuck in and scattered seeds of rebellion. Matthew calls that uh, Satan, the tempter, the one who seeds, seeds, sows seeds of hatred and greed and insecurity and selfishness and death and destruction. And that seed is also sown into all of creation, including all human hearts and minds. So the problem is when we examine our own hearts, we find that God's good seed and God's bad seed are growing right there together. Both are present in every heart. If the angels came to pull up the weeds today, then none of us would be left. We're all corrupted. According to Matthew, we live in the midst of this big cosmic battle, which is raging all the time between two kingdoms, the kingdom of God, which is all of God's sovereign life-giving activity in the world, and the kingdom of Satan, who destro destroys or tries to destroy all the good that God is doing. The kingdom of heaven is not a place or a time. The kingdom of heaven is always what God is doing. Whenever Jesus performed a healing, reached out to sinners with kindness, or taught about the goodness of God, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of heaven is present whenever we do God's will. But Satan has a kingdom too. For Satan presumes to be the ruler of the earth claims to be the ruler of the earth. You can remember Satan's encounter with Jesus in the wilderness and how the tempter, the Satan, took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said to him, if then you will bow down and worship me, all these I will give to you. But Satan always sows the seeds of rebellion. Satan is the anti-God force that is at work as well. It's the force that Jesus resisted. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and God alone. And that's the key really to living in a world with weeds. 
when we're sitting on the tailgate of the pickup truck or we're walking through the garden or we're looking over the wheat field with the Lord, we can spend our time fretting about every little bit of cheat. Or we can do what God does and we can focus on and celebrate the ripening wheat. Paul once wrote to the church in Philippi, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if something is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And what you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The coming of Jesus, the Messiah of God, was the beginning of the end of Satan's kingdom. Satan's going to keep on fighting. The tempter's going to keep on tempting, but the tempter has already lost the war. Jesus, the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, has already reestablished the reign of God in this world. And the day is coming when all the forces of evil are going to be destroyed, just as weeds are collected and bound up with a fire and burned up with the fire, so will it be at the end of the age, he says. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evil, all the powers and principalities that defy God. All of these will be cast out and every seed of greed and fear and doubt will be removed all the weeds cluttering our hearts will be removed. Like the sun in the kingdom of your Father, you will be gathered up and you will shine with righteousness. Jesus has sown a spirit of love in our hearts and given us the power to carry on God's kingdom work. So go out there and bless both the weeds and the flowers. Amen.